Mambo Vipi, what's happening? My name is Aniko Owoko and I am a lover of art, culture and everything African. And here we grant you front row access to your favorite celebrities, creators, the biggest personalities and industry experts. Come with me, you're now a VIP. Yo, this is so exciting to be back here on my podcast, VIP Access. I've been trying to post this particular artist for the last three weeks. You can hear it from my voice, you know, between the hard work, between the Nairobi flu, it's not been easy, but yo, we have to show up. And what I love about this artist is she's always so calm, so chill. And I feel like having been in the industry for a long time and having worked with many celebrities, sometimes we just crave for that kind of energy she gives. You know, it's not all celebrities who are so understanding, so calm. Like I've literally rescheduled this interview, I think three or four times. And every time she was like, I'll show up when you ask me to show up, you know, she was here. She's just been very patient with me. And it's such an honor to have Fena Gitu on VIP Access Podcast. What's up, my girl? What's up? What's up? <laughs> Hi. How are you doing? I'm good. It's so nice to be here with you. Excited to be here. Yeah. yeah, it's been so long. It's been so long. You know, we've been together on VIP Access, but that was previously before this different sort of podcast, you know, format. Yeah. We had a nice interview. I remember we were at Alchemist. Mm-hmm. We, I think, were probably speaking about an upcoming album, which was Unleashed, your second oh, album. Yes. And now it's it's been quite some time. We yeah. have a new album out. Yeah. So how are you feeling? I'm happy to be alive. I think at the beginning of it all is just being alive and well and still at it, still consistently doing this. Mm-hmm. We could have fallen off anytime, but we're still yeah. here. So yeah. that's something to be grateful for. Amazing. Yeah. Amazing. So shout out to all the people listening to this podcast from across the continent and the world. I actually was looking at the stats and I was really surprised that I have more listeners outside of Kenya. But I feel like that really serves the purpose of why I created this podcast because traveling around the world, meeting people asking me what's happening in Kenya, what's happening in East Africa. I thought, why not have a podcast that actually spotlights the cool artists and creatives that we have in Kenya. So when yeah. people ask me the question, I'll be like, go listen to my podcast and you might discover really dope artists from Kenya and beyond. So yeah. shout out to all the people listening. And in case you're not from Kenya or East Africa or Africa and you're not conversant with Fena Gito, I'm just going to do a small introduction. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Fena has always been doing her thing. Yes, ma'am. Yeah. yeah. And she has a song called Doing Her Thing, though. Yeah. She's a really cool artist. She's a Kenyan singer, songwriter, you know, performer, entrepreneur, and also runs her own production company and label called Phenomenal Entertainment. Yes. So it's a lot of things that you've been able to accomplish for yourself, but also you've been in the industry for a good number of years. And like you rightfully state, it's so great that you're still standing, you know, and have a new album. So when did you start music professionally and what do you feel has changed so much since then? I'd say obviously a lot has changed on a very conscious growth channel. So with every project, with every body of work, you'll hear a very different version of me, but there's still the, let me call it the DNA that stays consistent throughout. Mm. So I started 2008, Allianz Francaise. Remember when we do Fête de la Musique? So I think in that space where I met the Saudi Souls and the Lannies, you know, those days when we'd go all hang out and write music in the mm. courtyard. 
and seeing, first of all, where they have reached the kind of success they've achieved. And also just being in that train right behind them, like still pushing, doing shows internationally, you know, being on podcasts like this that are being listened to around the world. The industry has changed so, so much. The audiences are more receptive. The creatives are even more creative. The quality of work has improved. So it's exciting to see Kenyans finally being recognized. I do feel we still have a very long way to go. We're still unfortunately lagging behind in a sense, Mm -hmm. but I'm hopeful that things, you know, we have platforms like this that are really doing good work. Mm. Yeah. I actually want to talk about your style of music and I wish I said this at the introduction, but I'll say it now. Mm -hmm. I find that you're one of the most unique artists from this side of the continent period or from the continent period. Yeah. Because you're not one thing, like you're a really great singer, but Mm -hmm. you're actually a really dope rapper. And most times you find a way to fuse both of them. So I feel like that makes you exist in all spaces. You know, if we're talking about rap, Mm-hmm. You know, you are going to come and kill it. If you're talking about Bars. singing, yeah, yeah. you're going to do that. And then also when you sing and I listen to your songs, like the melodies, mm-hmm. you know, you actually had an acoustic EP. And I was yeah. like, yo, listen to those melodies. And you had a song with Xenia, you know, and I find that Xenia is also one of those really stellar vocalists. Yes. But hearing you and her, it was just such a magical experience and also seeing you perform. So can you tell us a little more about your style? Because mm. I feel like your style is so versatile and you find a way to exist in it so comfortably yeah. and always kind of display all sides of you at any given opportunity. How mm. do you do that? So, I, I mean, I call it phenomenal style. Uh-huh. That's, that's where it comes from. <laughs> it's like I couldn't find like a specific Even you know it's very to, different. Yeah. So I, like right now I'll say I'm an Afrofusion artist mm. or I'm an urban soul artist, but really mm. it's just, a phenomenal uniqueness to it. It's influenced a lot by my upbringing. I'm from Buru, Islands, representing all day, five eight. Um, I'm also from Buru. For those who know, that's how we know, you know. Yeah, and that's how we actually became friends to begin with. That's how we became friends. I remember coming to visit you, Mm -hmm. and I remember you probably visited me once, but I always wanted to visit the superstars house more. Yeah, yeah. We used to (laughs) hang out a lot those days. Buru was you know, the hub of culture back then. So how we dress, the kind of music we used to listen to, you know, hip hop, rap, R&B, reggae, all that. All those influences kind of, you know, shaped me as I was growing up. I got to travel quite a bit as a kid also. So I got to experience, you know, sounds and styles abroad. So they kind of also influenced how I think and how I produce my work. Mm. At the end of the day, I think it's just personality. It's all unique to everyone. So my DNA is mine. I don't know what else to say to that. It's just like expressing myself as I wish to Mm. and just keeping it real always. Keep it fresh, keep it cool, keep it simple. Sometimes we don't need to complicate too many things to communicate something. Mm. So yeah, I'd say so. Wow. Yeah. Oh my God. I love it. Your DNA is you. It's all me, baby. (laughs) I am who I am. Yeah. Have you ever been in a situation where you were uncomfortable to be yourself because I always felt this authenticity from you. And like I mentioned before, even being at your concert, you give off different vibes, energy, you incorporate different aspects. Like you always have 
dances and, and things. So has there been any a point where you questioned your own authenticity, originality, or the path that you've chosen for yourself as an artist? I mean, as a human being, of course, you have moments where you doubt yourself. You also have people doubt you a lot. Actually, when I was starting out, it really was an uphill task getting into mainstream, you know, audiences. My style, how I dress, how I look, how I talk, like it wasn't the typical sex sales. It wasn't just your average usual thing. So it was hard to fit in. And I like saying I'm a square peg in a round hole. Hey. <laughs> like you're just this awkward thing that's placed in a sea of people yeah. who, you know, see things one way. Yeah. And I guess I just had to be kind of a tough cookie from when I was a kid. I was just like, for a very long time. And I do things a certain way. And like, I'm very convicted with something I'm doing. If I believe this is the thing we're doing, we're doing it. And I don't care if it doesn't work out as long as I tried it. And I don't care if people don't like it. If you like it, you know, it's for you. If you yeah. don't, it's not for you. So having that mindset has kind of helped me, you know, just be a bit tough skin. Like I can, it's just like, okay, if you don't fuck with me, I'll fuck with you. Like that kind of energy mm. is like, if you feel me, then I will give you 110%. So yeah, that's kind of how I've moved. I managed to move like that. I like that because I feel like a lot of people grow that skin after they've been you know, exposed in the industry, but you say I was always this way. Yeah. And I personally remember when I was younger, like not objecting to things, some things that I might not have wanted or not voicing my opinion. And I had to reach a certain age and be like, okay, fine. Now I'm going to speak for myself. So it's really great yeah. you know, to hear that you've been you and, you know, you've stuck to your ground, you know, from a very earlier on stage. I wanted to yeah. talk about your family. Mm -hmm. um, they're really cool. Your sister Maggie um, is a musician as well. Yeah. And she's also a therapist. Yes. She's quite vocal on your therapy issues mm -hmm. and even just industry issues mm -hmm. on Twitter. I follow her and I, I love to follow her tweets. Um, your mom is also a musician. Yes. And earlier on in life, I think I read in your bio that you'd, you know, go along with her on some music escapades when mm -hmm. she was in the choir. Yeah. So do you want to talk about the influence yes. you've had in your family that has helped move your career forward. And I see them supporting you. Yeah. I think sometimes you are singing with them. Yeah. That was really sweet. Mm -hmm. I think also that kind of speaks to why I move in that different space. Like my family is in the typical, like nuclear family or oh, doctor, da, 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 you know, like my mom has been supportive of my singing since I was a kid. My sister went to do her master's in music in the States when kids were being sent off to do computer science or something. Wow, I you didn't know. Even know she did that. She's wow. an opera singer. And then she did her master's also in social work and in psychology. Mm. So that's not something most parents are no. open to just like supporting and being behind. So we've always kind of moved as a unit. It's like us three against the world. <laughs> so that's my first safest space. Like that's my first line of defense. That's nice. Yeah. That's nice. So being around that openness allowed me to experiment and explore with my life mm. without feeling, you know, judged or held back or second guessing my career choices. Mm which we do second guess just because it's not an easy career path, but 
deep down, I know I'm doing the thing that, you know, I love and I'm true to and I have a very strong support system. Mm. So growing up, seeing my sister bringing home awards for music fests. Yes. Yeah. So seeing like first, second, third place. When that was everything, it was almost like winning an Oscar. Mm -hmm. So (laughs) even just participating in in the music fest was a really big deal then. I wonder whether it's still a big deal now. I'm curious. Personally, I didn't do music fest in high school. Mm. Like I wasn't in choir. I wasn't in drama. I also didn't because I didn't reach that level. Like you really Ah. had to be at a certain level to be even part of the group going. (laughs) For me, it was like I'd write content for them. Like I'd write music for them to go with for competitions. I just wanted to be in school, entertaining guys in school. Mm. Yeah. But yeah, more or less, that's how my family influences my work and my life. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And if you don't mind me asking, do you have a father or did you have a father figure? So uh, my mom is a single mom. Okay. So I'm raising a single parent home. My father figures would be uncles. There's a family friend who really was present for us uh, growing up, Mm. but I haven't really had much of that. Mm -hmm. So it's always just been us girls. Probably also why I'm very keen on, you know, women empowerment, like, that's all I've known my whole life. Yeah. Mm. So I'm, I, you know, who's my daddy? <laughs> <laughs> if it's you call me. No, I'm joking. I'm joking. Oh my goodness. But yeah, that's, I... that's a story for another day. <clears throat> no worries. Yeah. No worries. That's cool. So what is your relationship with awards? Do they mean anything to you or what kind of accolade did you receive? And you felt like, oh my God, like this is a big deal. Or mm. I really appreciate that. I've been appreciated because sometimes it's not just about receiving a trophy, mm-hmm. but even receiving a the recognition that comes yeah. with it. It's kind of a love hate relationship with it. I mean, we all want to be validated for our work. We all want to have all the accolades. I'm working hard to get them, but not getting them doesn't mean that you're not good either. Mm. So you're not everyone's cup of tea. Mm. There's always someone who has a bigger audience, a bigger this, that, who's moving faster than you are. Mm. So learning to not let that be the only definition of your success. I think is that is a, is a, yeah, it helps manage the expectations of, oh, I didn't win this. I should have won this. No, you did. The fact that you've been recognized, even just being nominated is a big win. Because I move like a winner, man. (laughs) I love it. You know, so there's that. But I would love, I mean, we all want a Grammy. We all want, you know, I remember MTV Awards were like, (sighs) oh my God. When MTV Awards were MTV Awards. I couldn't wait to grow up and win an MTV Award. Yeah. But now it's just like. I'm just focusing on my success being how far I get to grow, how far Mm. I get to go. And I'm sure the accolades will come in. Hopefully, you know, soon they'll keep coming in. Mm. I'm not so obsessed with them, but I also don't mind having a few trophies. Yeah, of course, of course. So transitioning from the music into entrepreneurship, Mm -hmm. it's not something you did overnight, but something that you have been actively doing over the last couple of years, you know, building a team around you, working on your fashion Mm -hmm. line, you know, in marketing, branding, you know, having this phenomenal lifestyle part of your brand and business. 
So how do you manage to do this? I'm asking this because a lot of artists kind of get lost in the industry when they are constantly looking for money to create projects, to produce songs, to shoot videos. Mm -hmm. And then it ends at that if they don't get gigs and they don't get any money back. But I think what you've done with your company and we continue to do is creating different revenue streams and creating different value opportunities for your brand. Mm -hmm. And if you look at the music industry Critically, the richest musicians actually did not become rich off just the music, yeah. but it was the tours, it was the you know businesses that they ran and so on and so forth. Yeah. So how did you manage to you know, create this business and how do you continue to do it? What kind of advice would you give to the artists listening in terms of how to expand their brands beyond the music? It wasn't an overnight thing for sure. I think the realization that Kwanzaa being a Kenyan artist, you can't rely on shows and especially not on streaming. So how else are we going to build business around the music? I used to move as an artist's artist, like Nimimi Namzikiangu Hadikifo. Then I realized, no, actually, this is your business. Like this is actually a business enterprise. So start structuring it as such. So when I'm checking in for work, I'm CEO of Phenomenal Entertainment and Fena is the signed artist. So I have to remove myself from being Fena Gitu. Like Mm. now it's like true Fena who has to see the vision that will build assets around this one entity. Mm -hmm. And the idea is to scale that, to do that with more talents. Mm. Right now, I mean, we're still growing, so we're still finding our footing, but the structure is there. The team is also finding its place. Everyone is now finding their place. Just the idea to build into the music business more than just singing. Mm. Because what if I can't sing tomorrow, but then I have three albums that are three products that are really good. How are we selling this? Mm. What other angles as Fena being a global citizen, how do I speak? How do I represent, you know, different entities? If it's Mm. women, if it's youth, if it's, you know, anything. So just looking at scaling. I like that. And that means there's a possibility, you know, to sign other artists or not particularly to sign them, but develop. Yeah, yeah, to develop their brands, um, manage them or just creating assets around them. It doesn't have to be artists only. I'm interested in many other things. Right now, I'm very interested in film. I can't decide if it's as phenomenal entertainment first or just as fenar, Mm. just to do music, to to do acting, which I just did like a cameo on On Single Single Kiasi, which was really dope. And then I saw the little clip you guys Mm -hmm. did on social media, like the promo, like how it came about, how you were a fan. Yeah. And you found yourself into the show and then you're playing you. Yeah. (laughs) And I joined the show as a writer for season two. Then now the role kind of just happened. But my interest in how does this work in film? Who writes? How are they writing? So what? You're now writing for TV. I want to. I was shadowing Phil Bresson and Grace Kahaki Mm -hmm. because they're my friends and they do all these big productions and I want to understand every angle of how this thing comes together. So if eventually we do end up branching into film, I have the structures and I have the networks in place. Mm. Right now I'm in a transition phase. It feels very unsure. It it feels like, damn, okay, so where are we going next? But the thing is, I'm trying to see 10, 20 years ahead Mm. 
because this album is great. It's fantastic. What else? What's next? What more is there to me other than just singing or rapping? Like there's so much more that I'm trying to explore. I love that. And you just mentioned this album is great. And we even haven't spoken about this album. So Mm -hmm. that album came out, Love at Last. It is the love that comes first. And I love that um, part of the description of the album was that you look at this album and you look at the concept of it as if love was a religion or as if love is the Mm -hmm. religion. Mm -hmm. So tell me about this. I really love, you know, that description and the fact that you also explain that love in different forms, not just the The typical romantic, but it could even be, you know, love of God or of other sorts of, you know, relationships. This is love. Being here is love. So love at last, it's a wordplay on love at last. So in the last three years during the pandemic, a lot was happening Mm. and nothing was happening at the same time. It was a time to be introspective. Mm. True. So even with the album cover, you can see I'm painting myself. It was really just me looking into a mirror and just seeing myself for my flaws and for my good and for what could be. So that's essentially what this whole body of work is. And Mm. it's eventually understanding that self-love is where it begins. Like you won't love unless you love yourself, unless you're being true to yourself, unless you're accepting you are as flawed as you are. Great. And spirituality also played a big role in the last three years to just my mindset and, you know, understanding maybe I'm not in church, but I'm, you know, I still hold my spirituality close. I still want to do good and I want to be done the same. Mm. So if everyone in the world could live in love, we'd have a hundred percent less problems yeah. in life, right? It's kind of idealistic, but that's where my head is at at mm. that point, creating this body of work. It's showing a lot of growth. You know, we are adulting. It's happening at 1,000 rates <laughs> per minute. So a lot of that, you can feel it in the body of work. Mm. Like you can feel the growth, the themes I'm touching on. Some are very adult. Some are very PG, just trying to speak to everyone and anyone who can relate. Yeah. I wanted to ask about, you know, the choice of some of your collaborators. Mm-hmm. I think you have Brandy Mine in the album. Yeah. You had Wodomolo Beats. Yes. I Logos yeah. as well. And there's Dufla, Diligon. Yeah. Yes. So Xenia is on Zinia it Xenia is well. on there as well. Yes. What was the reason to collaborate with each individual person in the songs? Did you see that they would write to the specific theme of the song or how did that come about? I'm a fan. I work with people I'm a fan of. Oh, that's so cool. Xenia, I was always keen on working with her, but mm-hmm. we were friends. Like we're just friends. She was my neighbor at the time. So one night she came over, we did a session till maybe like 2, 3 a.m. And then we did two songs and we were in tears. Like we were crying. Oh, like wow. it was spiritual it was a whole other connection so that's how living legends came to be and then there's a song on her project that's just amazing i can't wait to hear it for dufla he's one of my favorite dancehall kenyan artists Mm -hmm. like he has the tone he has the texture and he has the he gets the patois like clean like the dancehall is so clean and me like i love dancehall i'm born and raised on dancehall so it's an instant connection. We did Caterpillar, which was a hit. So I wanted to do something else on this album, Mm. something for the streets, which Rise Up was. Brandy's dope. Like Brandy's just like this energy, like little ball of energy. Just like (laughs) 
explode. When you meet her, she's like so tiny, but yeah. yo, she, you know, she's gives brilliant. off so much energy. I like her work ethic. So things like that endear me to someone. Like, I want to work with you. I want to do this with you. For producers, iLogos is like my main producer. And has mm. been for some time. Yeah, for a very long time. Mm. So we have an understanding, like we know how to work with each he other. He gets your style. He gets me, I get him. Modomolo gets my soulfulness. So we did a song called Vaccine and it was instant chemistry. So I knew I, I need more tracks from him. Mm. DTX, this was the first time I worked with him. Hendrix as well. I love collaborating. I love people who are doing dope work. Mm. I care for, you know, how far you've grown, but I like seeing people who are focused. Mm. You could be starting out or you could be, you've made it. Just mm. we're in this thing together. And talking of collabos, what were the interesting collaborations you had that you really enjoyed and why? Many. I think almost all of them mm. like have something special to them. Something like ranting with I, King That Kaka. was my favorite. I wanted right? to say. That song is Dope. And the video, like you're giving off Nairobi street culture yeah. and taking back to Buru. Yes, and I King just Kaka just, it. he embodies that and he's so hardworking. Like he's just a cool guy. So mm. that was a really good collabo with Kaka Empire. Yeah. Tessa was dope. Tessa with Nadia Mukami and mm-hmm. Calligraph. Yes, that, that was did dope. really well. Nadia, I love her work ethic. Calligraph, OG is OG, you know, for life. Chukwa Selfie was dope. That was really dope. And that the was video actually exceptional. Well, yeah. Because one was the only chick on the lineup. So I'm in a room with these giants. And in my head, I'm like, damn, what am I going to write about? Then Calligraph, 15 minutes, he was done with his verse, recorded, and he's out. So I'm sitting there like, eh, 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 fena, ebu, flex, what the hell? So it's like very quickly, it just popped in my head and it was, the hook was just so flawless. Like it was such a good project. Mm. And it was validating for me like, oh, you can be with kings and still stand out and be a king yourself. So that was a really validating point. That just made me tear. Oh, yeah. I just oh, felt like <laughs> Yeah, but all the collabs I've done, they've all just brought something special to me. The younger generation, I love working with them because those guys are onto different vibes. Mm. Like they're thinking different. So it also challenges me to keep it fresh. Thinking about your life in the limelight mm-hmm. and, you know, before, like those days when you used to hang in Buru, it's just not those days anymore. Yeah. Now Fena, you know, has this global recognition, nationwide recognition, a lot of other fans who've been following you throughout the years. Mm-hmm. What do you love about, you know, being a celebrity, being in the limelight and what don't you love about it? I love that I get you for free. <laughs> Everybody wants to invite we, you somewhere, you know, you know like, buy you drinks. I'm on a queue somewhere and then someone comes, come, 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 upite. Things like those are small, like... At the airport, they always yeah. like, shh, shh. You know, at the airport, actually, like, Juicy, I landed and cops came, like, they saw me walking in, came, grabbed my bags, walked me through customs, <laughs> every... I was like, okay, I can get used to this. <laughs> So small things like that, those are just small moments of, you know, validation again. But I'm a very shy, introverted person. So that has always been a struggle with finding the balance. I remember just the other day I posted something about, I was feeling frustrated. Like Mm. I can't just go on a trip without it being this whole, like so many different versions of that story were being spread. I'm like, but that's not the story. Like ask me what it is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 
So not having like there's so much scrutiny yeah. and anytime you're seen with anyone, there's so much scrutiny on who's this and why are you with the person while you Which might is, just be you're just kicking it, or even you could be having something, yeah. but it's none of anyone's business, business. right? So there's that struggle of just understanding that this is your life and this is the choice you've made. Mm. So you just kind of have to take it as it comes, try and control my own narrative as much as I can, Mm. but also understand that, I mean, you're in a global sphere, like anyone can say anything about you and that won't be in your control. So just coming to terms with that public versus personal life has been a bit of a struggle, but I'm okay with it. I'm just like... It's me. what it is. Yeah, if you if you come for me, I'll come for you. If you don't, I won't, you know, so. And so do you find yourself sometimes responding to some people or do you just sometimes ignore it? I used to be very combative online. Oh, I was so heated online. Like you tweet something, I'm right on your neck, like 20. But it was taking too much of my energy mm. and my happiness. Like I just want to be in this online space and be myself. And you interpret me as you wish, but that's on you. You're projecting your own issues and insecurities. So eventually I kind of just fell back every so often. If I wake up on the wrong side of the bed (laughs) and then I, you know, you you scroll through, you're like, hmm, (laughs) what am I going for today? Then you kind of just like (laughs) jab at them. But that's not just for me being me. I've been saying I'm the bully's bully because I don't like bullies. I hate bullies. I I hate bullies. I'm tough. I can be a bully if I want to. And that's to say, speaking up for people who can't speak for themselves or just using your platform to be a voice for less advantaged people, Mm. that kind of translates into Mm. that. But me, if you come for me, it's beef. (laughs) (laughs) But I've learned a lot. I've changed a lot of things. I'm adulting. Um, There's more to life than what's online. Mm. There's more to life than the song I've dropped. Like I have a life outside these walls. So let me focus on that and being a good person. Yeah. Yeah. And speaking of being a voice, you know, for the voiceless or for other things and people, you're also very passionate about social change. You're a champion for that. Yeah. What are some of the causes that you back or you're super passionate about? Mainly because um, most of these things affect me one way or another, Mm. affect people around me. I have a very inclusive fan base. The LGBTQ community, I have a very big following there. I have a very big interest in that. Mental health is also something very close to me. Also based off of my family, mental health is something very crucial. I've worked on projects with one.org to do with healthcare. Mm -hmm. But really for me, I'm hoping to do more work with women and youth in leadership Mm -hmm. and empowerment, you know, just projects around that. So as we continue, you know, we'll keep the doors open and see where we fit in and where we can add our voice to. Mm, That's so fantastic. Thank you so much for coming over to my podcast. Mm -hmm. Before I wrap up, I just wanted to ask you for the artists listening and have a career in the music industry, want to branch out to become their own bosses and start their own companies. What would be the five tips that you'd give an artist starting out to Mm -hmm. longevity? One, are you good at what you do? Do you believe that you're good at it? And if not, are you doing everything you can to perfect that skill? Your skill is what will sell you beyond everything else. Two, do you have a good support system, mm-hmm. a good team? The team thing is it takes some time to find a team that works. Consistency, exposure, 
we we talk about it like it's such a bad thing it can be when it's misused and mm. when you're being used for it but there are spaces that you will gain more value just by showing up and not expecting anything mm. back discipline consistency those things that we're told work hard be disciplined don't give up those are real things like it's tough 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 so you really have to have a thick skin for it and just have fun with it it's never that serious don't let people distract you or demoralize you from trying something here you try and fail then not try at all oh i love that yeah. better try and fail than never try at all yeah what you want to say you know to those listening those watching you you know fena fans diehard fans kina cc mm. and also for those who don't know who fena is and are just discovering you yeah. what do you want to tell them you are in for an amazing ride like we're not done this work will continue for a long time so just keep supporting keep following keep sending love i mean that reassurance keeps me going and knowing that you're listening mm. support wherever you can speak my name in rooms where i'm not in mm-hmm. yeah and we just grow this community we're called the fanatics we be phenomenal together fantastic yeah. and obviously you can um, stream all of fena's music yes. on all digital platforms you can follow her on all her social media platforms mm. the album love at last is finally out yes. it was really anticipated we're really excited that it's doing well the videos are there popping so please support and listen to fena who else do you want to shout out are we done my team yes whether Jerry <laughs> thank you i see you guys my family my friends my fans i love you so much peace amazing yeah. thank you all for tuning in to vip access Today's special guest was Fena Gitu, the phenomenal woman herself from right here in Nairobi, Kenya. Next week, we're going to have another amazing celebrity. And by the way, I'm starting to plug myself out there. If you're listening and you want to support VAP Access, you want to support amazing artists and creatives in Kenya or around Africa, want to be part of this, please reach out to me directly or reach out to Sema Box, my producers, and we'll be happy to work with you. It's on that amazing, phenomenal note that we end the show today. Please. You have to listen to Fenner's mm-hmm. music. Peace out. Peace.